0: The Dudes of Kung Fu podcast is brought to you by Wing Chun Illustrated magazine. Wing Chun Illustrated is the premier publication for Wing Chun. Published six times a year, Wing Chun Illustrated is a perfect bound, full color, glossy publication. Each 60-page issue comes packed with in-depth content and feature stories by and about the world's greatest exponents of Wing Chun, regardless of lineage or style. Wing Chun Illustrated has featured people like Imin Bostepe, Philip Bayer, Yip Chun, Gary Lamb, Donald Mack, Samuel Kwok, David Peterson, Chan Chi Man, Mark Phillips, Wan Kam Leung, Sam Lau, Robert Chu, Sifu Sergio, Victor Ken, and many, many more. There are two ways you can enjoy this fantastic publication. Go to wingchunillustrated.com and order the magazine as a print-on-demand. The print quality is simply amazing. Or download the Magster app and get a subscription. That's Magster, M-A-G-Z-T-E-R. This way, when the new issue hits the stands, you'll automatically receive it as a download onto your smart device for offline reading. In fact, with your new Magster account, you can access the magazine on multiple devices. iOS, Android, Kindle Fire, and web browser. To make the deal even sweeter, listeners of the Dudes of Kung Fu podcast can use the coupon code DUDES to get a six-month complimentary digital subscription. That coupon code is DUDES, typed in all capital letters. Go to Magster, again, M-A-G-Z-T-E-R, to register, add the six-month subscription to the cart, and apply the coupon code at checkout. The Dudes of Kung Fu love Wing Chun Illustrated magazine. Hey, everybody.
1: This is going to be an awesome episode of Dudes of Kung Fu. We have on Sifu Richard Torres, who is uh, known as one of the best historians when it comes to Bruce Lee and Jeet Kune Do that we know of. Um, Richard has been collecting information and memorabilia about Bruce Lee for many, many years, and his, his collection just blows almost everybody else's, or probably everybody else's, out of the water. He's uh, is an encyclopedia when it comes to Bruce Lee history, and I was really impressed with the information that he just has at his fingertips. So if you're into Bruce Lee and Jeet Kune Do and you want to know somewhere where it came from, this is the episode for you. You're going to love it. And, um, as you, and you just heard the uh, little announcement for the Wing Chun Illustrated magazine from Alex, which we are so excited about. And if you want to know another way you can support the Dudes of Kung Fu, go to patreon.com slash D-O-K-F. And uh, we can appreciate any support you can help to uh, keep this podcast going. We're as excited about it as you are. It's growing more and more every day. And uh, enjoy the episode, folks.
2: (laughs) Dudes of Kung Fu. Please welcome your hosts, Alex Richter and Big Sean Madigan.
1: Hey, man, I love that intro music. That's freaking like... I love that we put that together. That's I say we put that together. We had Sean put that together. That, that sounds great, man.
0: But we What's going on, Alex? Yeah, but of course we collectively take the credit because we are, in fact, the dudes of Kung Fu. So. We're the
1: dudes. We're the fucking talent here, man. We're the talent. <laughs> you know, we don't let these producers take
0: take you know credit for all their hard work. So I don't know if I talked about this, but you know that um, we're, we're, you know Halloween is coming up. Uh, we're, you know it's like a big deal because I have two daughters, and so I decided that I'm going to get the Game of Death suit. <laughs> oh God! You mean you're gonna you're gonna be killed? So I Bill. ordered it, and I have the yellow death. He yeah. also ordered um, the Bruce Lee wig, which is really funny because when I ordered it on Amazon, it said "boy band wig," <laughs> but it's actually <laughs> the Bruce Lee wig. So apparently, Bruce Lee's hair is also the same as the current boy band hairstyle. Nice. And, um, but the funny thing is, I got the suit. You know, I'm only five foot seven. I'm the same height as Bruce Lee, but I'm I'm not built as I'm very stocky for my height. <laughs> I put the thing on, and the arms were a little short. And I just lifted my knee to like do a kick. And my thighs are really thick, and it just ripped totally from the inside. Oh. And it was like, oh shit! So well, if you want to see it, a to shreds, let
1: yeah. me put it on and try and
0: <laughs> do some <laughs> incredible Hulk action with that thing. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, I, I hopefully I can. The only thing I still need left for the suit is the uh, the onitsukas, the uh, the shoes, and then I got the thing complete. So everything's on its way here, but I have to exchange the the suit for the other side. So it's kind of a rare thing for me to kind of do something like this but i figured it would make sean happy so why not
1: i <laughs> oh, yeah it's like you know as everybody who listens to the show knows there's nothing that brings me more joy than laughing at alex so i just it just makes my heart sing man you know like i love my wife and i love to tease alex there's just, it's just basically two too things too, I, I
0: tagged you on the photo on facebook <laughs> because i thought you would really like that
2: actually so- i saw the photo
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah! It's sexy, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Everyone, everyone likes uh, uh li- l- likes the full yellow tracksuit, but so very few people can pull it off. Myself included, I'm apparently too 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 robust for it. But uh, anyway, so that'll be fun. So when, when that's all out, I'll 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 send the pics and, and, and uh, let you know about it. So, um, Sean, I wanted to mention real quick something super super exciting. Yeah, don't um, even
1: make it real quick, man. Let's hear about it because well, I'm I'm jazzed
0: yeah so um, the dudes of kung Fu apparently we are now at that stage now we we actually have our first sponsor and uh, I'm very excited about it we are we're now officially sponsored by Wing Chun Illustrated magazine so this is a uh, really really a big deal and uh, as most of the listeners of the podcast know uh, Sean and I um, have been, uh, talking about what a great magazine this is for a very long time. Maybe that was all part of the ploy to get them to sponsor <laughs> us. It's been a long three or four season ploy to get Wing Chun Illustrated to sponsor us. Well, By the way, Mercedes-Benz
1: makes an excellent car. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Mercedes <laughs> is great. Porsche is
0: great. They're all great. <laughs> um, and and so, uh, of course, I think most of the readers know I'm a regular columnist for Wing Chun Illustrated. I write uh, the continuous column. And uh, so uh, I'm really happy that Wing Chun Illustrated is on board. I think uh, I think it hits on the next issue, which may be out by the time this podcast comes out. Um, you'll actually see a full-page ad for the Dudes of Kung Fu in Wing Chun Illustrated. So check it out. Um, the website will be up by then. And, and uh, I'm super excited about it. I mean, I don't know. What do you think about this, Sean? So, I, uh,
1: I, I, you know what? It's an awesome... Uh, sponsor for the show because it's, it's a it's a publication that we both love it's a publication that we both read um it's it's just something we are actively involved in and and excited about long before they sponsored the show and it's the premier publication when it comes to the art that we love Wing Chun and um they even have a couple of Jeet Do articles in there periodically
2: yeah. so
1: um it's something for our listeners to enjoy, and something for for us to enjoy too. And it's it's the best. I I love it. I, and and when, when when it worked out, I just couldn't be happier. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's, it's where we want to be.
0: Mm. Now, for those people who are not familiar with Wing Chun Illustrated Magazine, um, it's not a typical magazine that you find on the newsstands. It's actually essentially a print-on-demand magazine. So when the issue comes out, they come out every two months. So it's six issues a year you uh, have the option of either ordering it as a hard copy, so you, you go and it's basically a print on demand. Um, it'll, it'll cost a little bit more than a regular magazine, but the quality is, it's really super high quality, full color, glossy paper. they uh, each uh, issue is I think uh, 60 pages. Um, Really great, has articles from all the various Wing Chun lineages and lots of great information, book reviews, all sorts of things. Um, And if you don't want to do the print-on-demand hard copy version, you can also uh, get the Magster app. Uh, Magzter, is uh, spelled M-A-G-Z-T-E-R, uh, which is essentially an online magazine app. You can get it for your phone. You can get a subscription, which is what I recommend doing. It's cheaper than getting the issues one by one. You can get, like, a year subscription or 12 That's issues or something like that. And then every time the new issue comes out, it essentially comes out as an automatic download on your phone. And then if you have a tablet or an iPhone or something, you can read it on there, so you have it with you wherever you go. You'll have all the back issues, and you also have the option to uh, order back issues as well, so you can go back and see uh, past issues and, and things like that. And, of course, I was famously on issue number 18's cover, so it would be a good idea to get one of those. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it's, it's,
1: so. A, it's a phenomenal publication. I mean, It's got all of my Wing Chun heroes writing in there, including Alex. And, um, <laughs> you know, David David Peterson has a column in there, which right. we all know that, you know, I genuflect when I say David Peterson's name. And, right. uh, and he's also been a guest
0: on the podcast before, right. as has Jim Rosalando who's a regular contributor. By the way, in the next issue, Jim Rosalando uh, talks about the whole Long John's uh, um, pharmacy story and whether that was true or not, and talks a little bit about Long Vic. And there's some photos that are circulating that are supposedly of Long John or Long Bick, Long Vic being the one who supposedly secretly taught Yitman Man at St. Stephen's College uh, um, when Yitman Man was like a, either a teenager or in his early 20s. Right. And so everyone's kind of gone back and forth on whether Leung Bick actually existed. And um, Jim has pointed to some evidence that might indicate he actually did in fact exist. Um, so anyway really interesting especially yes. for those of you guys who are Wing Chun history buffs. So um, Wing Chun Illustrated can't recommend it enough and now they are an official sponsor of the dudes of kung fu which is really fantastic so and,
1: and as i'm sure our regular listeners picked up there was a third voice there in the beginning here yeah. uh, little, we have a uh, we have an awesome guest tonight um we have uh, sifu richard torres from new york who is a uh, an instructor in jeet kune do on the sifu ted wong one of uh, bruce lee's students probably bruce lee's premier student and um Richard is an expert in the history of uh Jeet Kune Do <laughs> and Bruce Lee himself he's a um you know if you asked JKD people or, or Bruce Lee fans to name who are the most highly sought out historians when it comes to Jeet Kune Do and and we, and we, and uh Bruce Lee uh Richard Torres his name absolutely comes up as uh one of the top two or three
0: I remember the first time I met him, I saw he had this binder, which he showed us today. Uh, I met him at uh, Hector Martinez had a gathering for kind of Bruce Lee fan stuff. And he had this binder full of, you know, all sorts of documents and things, you know, stuff from Bruce Lee notes, all sorts of stuff. And I had never seen... You know, for people who see the books, you see, like, bits of it here and there. Right. But, like, I'd never seen, like, everything kind of put together <laughs> in one place. It was really amazing. So, yeah, why don't we welcome uh, Sifu Richard Torres. Welcome to the Dudes of Kung Fu podcast. Thank you. Thank you very
2: much. You know, uh, <laughs> I'm constantly learning, though. I, I never consider myself an expert because I'm still in the process of uh, learning. When it comes to Bruce Lee, there's always something to discover, you know
1: yeah he, he lived in he lived an absolutely interesting life i mean absolutely and and sadly enough i have to admit i i, I don't know that much about Bruce Lee's life i it's it's
0: it's uh, it's a. As you know, has been evidence from previous podcasts where I talk well, about Way of the Dragon, and he's like, oh, is that the one with the tracksuit?" Yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god, how dare you commit such a crime! <laughs> I, I, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm a Sherlock Holmes dork, as the listeners know. Like how, how you are with Bruce Lee, I am with Sherlock Holmes. It's
0: just everybody has their thing, you know. And, so, um, um, actually, um, but let, I want to tell the podcast audience, part of the reason why we decided to have Richard on this uh, episode is because Sean and I were talking about something last week. I don't know if it was on, actually on the podcast or after, because after the podcast, we tend to talk a little bit longer, and we were discussing whether uh, the students who learned, I, like, let's say, in the L.A. Chinatown period, um, whether they considered uh, that they were learning Fan gong fu or they were learning Jeet Kune Do, and then we discussed the certificates, and you sent me like you know what steve golden said like a copy of it right and it just says the Jun Fan kung fu institute but it doesn't explicitly say that this rank is in jkd or in Jun Fan kung fu so um richard maybe you can talk a little bit about that so what in fact did did bruce lee actually say what he was teaching or what those certifications were per se well, or, or the,
2: the Jun Fan kung fu certificate was given to the students of the Jun Fan Kung Fu Institute, mm. so uh, you know when Bruce Lee went back in, uh, to Hong Kong uh, in 1965 with his wife Linda and uh, and Brandon, little Brandon, uh, he had a printer make up these certificates. Uh, uh, now at that time, Bruce Lee was already in Oakland with the school, so he wanted to have uh, certificates uh, that he was giving out because in Seattle he get, he didn't give out any certificates. All they had was these little membership cards that they gave mm. out. Mm. And now Bruce Lee was making new membership cards, new certificates and he, you know, he basically designed a certificate himself with the two dragons and so forth. Right. And, that, and that certificate was given to uh, the students of the Jung-Fan Kung fu Institute and also the instructors of the Jung-Fan Kung fu Institute. Mm. Those were the, that was the only uh, certificate that was available. Mm-hmm. Now when, when the Green Hornet uh, was canceled, Bruce Lee now started teaching uh, privately. Mm-hmm. And when he started teaching privately, he, uh, he had, uh, another certificate drawn up and that was called the Tao of Chinese Kung Fu certificate. And that certificate stated that you were trained by Bruce Lee privately, you know, not privately, but personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, obviously since these, these people that, from Hollywood that he was training weren't in, involved in the school, they didn't get a a school certificate. They got, a, mm-hmm. they got this Dao Gung Fu certificate.
0: Oh, I see, I see. So that would be like like James Coburn or somebody like that, right?
2: James Coburn, uh, yeah, uh, Steve McQueen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Interesting. And then uh, when Bruce Lee changed the name of his art to Jeet Kune Do, he took that same Dao Chinese Gung Fu certificate and converted it to a Jeet Kune Do certificate. So it's, oh. the wording is almost the same, except the word Jeet Kune Do is put in there and the Dao Chinese Gung Fu is taken out
0: interesting and but and he, around what and around what time was that again where he made that change uh
2: 1967. Okay. okay so the school the la school opened up in february of 1967. Mm-hmm. see okay so, i, I uh, think i
1: remember you posting online and if i get this wrong please mm-hmm. correct me i thought i remember you saying something like the guys that trained in the la chinatown school they changed they trained at the uh john Fan kung fu institute but what they learned there was Jeet Kune Do, correct or?
2: That is correct. In other words, the, uh, Bruce Lee was tr- uh, transitioning from the Jun Fang method to Jeet Kune Do, but anyone under him was learning Jeet Kune Do. Right. You know, obviously, you know, if you train at his home, like Taekwon was doing something, you might get something different than what Dan Osanto was doing at the L.A. school or right,
1: sure, sure. or
2: James Lee was doing in, uh, in his garage or, or Taki was doing in Seattle. But if you were under Bruce Lee as a student, whether a private student or whether under one of his schools, then the art, the name of the art changed to Jeet Kune Do.
1: That's interesting. Now you say like, so there's the three different schools and maybe like what Guru Dan was teaching was maybe slightly different than what, or was different what Bruce Lee was teaching in his house than what James Lee was teaching. Were there different curriculums for each school or was it kind of like Bruce Lee said, all right, this is the curriculum Taki, James, and Dan, this is exactly what I want you to teach. or well, was there, a personal flavor to each one?
2: Well, Bruce Lee did send a curriculum to Taki when, when, when the art changed, also to uh, James Lee. But you have to understand that Bruce Lee himself was constantly growing and changing. Right. And while the curriculum was static and stationary, sure, you know, sure. so... so uh, so, uh, so, by the time know, it was
1: printed out, it was already. Uh...
2: Well, you know, he was just this disc- was making more discoveries. You know, right. uh, you know the whole idea of uh, of intercepting was very big with him now. You know, in uh, the five ways of attack and things like that. So, uh, so Bruce Lee basically, you know, he did send Taki a curriculum and James Lee a curriculum. But, uh, you know, you have to understand uh, the era in, in 1967. They were still trying to change. Uh, people from traditional karate to more of an elusive kickboxing mm-hmm. uh, form. You know, in other words, let's put on some gloves and headgear and, and go at it, and, you know, growing cup right. and so forth. And go at it. So, so they were actually, uh, so Bru- Bruce Lee's task at that time was to change these guys from the reverse punching high block kind of thing to more like a kickboxing aliveness, sure. fluidity, you know? Sure, so sure. so that, that was what the school's task was at that time see yeah and that's and then of course uh when he was at home he was experimenting with footwork and things like that so
1: right 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 so and, and he was an innovator when it came to equipment and things to that effect during that time period as well right
2: yes he asked he asked george lee to create uh the headgear for him with a cage and uh and the chest console but but george told me uh many years ago that he didn't work with leather so uh he couldn't do it for bruce so Bruce went to the, the number one uh, martial arts supply store in Los Angeles at that time was the Nozawa Trading Company. Okay. And basically they were a Japanese uh, martial arts uh, supply store. And uh, what Bruce Lee did was he just took the, the uh, equipment they used in kendo. Mm-hmm. The kendo uh, ch- uh, chest guard and the kendo gloves. You, you always hear people say Kempo gloves. They're not kenpo, they're kendo gloves.
1: Right.
2: And uh, he had them... He had no zawa. He asked him if they could uh, cut the tips of those candle gloves so that he had the ability to grab, and they kind of, you know, fixed it a little bit for him, and they he sold it to him. And they—that's why those big gloves that you see, those big candle gloves that you see.
0: Sure, yeah, sure, interesting. Interesting. So, um, uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but um, one thing that came out recently is this film, *Birth of the Dragon*, which talks about these you know, the the famed fight in Oakland between uh, Bruce Lee and Wong Jack Man. Um, I haven't seen the movie. I actually know through Facebook uh, the actor who played Bruce Lee. I'm actually friends with his father, uh, which is kind of funny. Um, And I know and and even they admit that the story takes some creative – the movie takes some creative license with the story. I think most of us who are kind of fans of Bruce Lee – kind of have an opinion of, about what happened and um but now that this movie came out i don't know if you've seen it i uh, just if, if you want to maybe comment on a comment on maybe um what you have heard because you, you've met a lot of people who who uh, maybe have some connection to that fight so maybe just tell the audience a little bit about what's what when it comes to the Wong Jack Man fight
1: yeah that, i'm well, actually very interested in, in, in hearing about the Wong Jackman fight and
2: everything that led <laughs> up to that well the 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 movie itself is fictitious. let's put it that way, because Warjack Man was never a Shaolin monk.
0: Right. Bruce right. Lee never
2: had a school in San Francisco. He had a school in Oakland. Uh, and the timeline was very was off because they had him making movies while he was in San Francisco, which right. obviously... Right. Uh, I don't think they even showed his wife in the movie. Did,
0: did you see uh, the film, by the way?
2: I did not because I, I refuse to see it. Yeah, I'm kind of the same <laughs> I way. I would get upset if I would see the film and <laughs> i like walk out, you know? Right, sure, 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 sure. Uh, telling my students story and they told me about it. And I said, "Oh, there's no way I could sit down and watch <laughs> a, a, a movie that's so fictitious about Bruce right. Lee." And and what happens is people believe it. You see? Sure, right, sure, sure. So so uh, so I refuse to see it. Maybe you know, I'll see it if they show it on cable or something. But
0: right, right, right. Late
2: night. And then I can <laughs> pause it and take a deep breath and then watch, <laughs> continue watching. You know? But in the movies, uh, yeah, I, I you know once you know Bruce Lee's uh story, you know, and you see these, these mistakes that they make, it, it, it drives you insane, you know?
0: Yeah, sure. It's the same with the Yip Man movies for us in Wing Chun. It's like, it's pr- pretty hard to watch. Yeah, the, the, you know,
2: uh, you know, they're the entertaining, but you know they're not accurate, you know? All right, sure. But uh, as far as uh, why the fight took place, it, it happened, you know, because uh, Bruce Lee gave an exhibition in the, in the Sung Sing Theater in, in San Francisco, and that took place in September of... Sixty-four. Actually, September 5th, 1964. Wow. Yeah. You know, uh, what happened is this, this woman named Diana Chang uh, made a movie for Run Run Shore. It was called the Amores Lotus Potus That's what it's called, or Pan. That's what it's called. But, you know, that's what it, it translated to in, in English right. you know, the Amores Lotus Pan. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and this movie was going to be shown in the Chinatowns of LA, San Francisco, and New York. So to promote the movie, they were gonna have her uh, make a personal uh, showing at each movie. As it showed, then when the movie finished, she would come out and people, you know, ask her questions. and right, Sure. So they needed they needed her to do something. So uh, they got a band so and for her to do some cha cha dancing. And they got Bruce, they, they got Bruce Lee to accompany her so he can dance a cha cha with her because uh, somebody in Hong Kong told run run show that Bruce Lee dances the cha-cha or whatever. So, so they hired him to dance with her. But oh, Bruce uh, himself, he said, you know, if I'm going to dance the cha-cha, I also want to do a gung-fu demonstration. And he said, hey, whatever, you know, as long as you keep the people entertained, you know, after the movie. So that was his thing, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. so the first time they did it was in L.A. Uh, and that was in August. You know, Bruce Lee was just married a few weeks before, and now he was taken off to, to do this uh, to do this uh, demonstration and dance to cha-cha with her and everything but uh sure didn't. his it in wife LA was first. thrilled <laughs> was that
1: i'm sure his wife was thrilled i know mine would kill me
2: <laughs> yeah she was still pregnant and everything but uh you know they uh he left to do this i guess it you know they paid him they paid him very well but anyway they actually wanted him to go to all three places but he didn't go to new york he only went to uh he only went to la and to san francisco mm-hmm. and now this this took place uh uh a couple of weeks right after Long Beach, I don't know if you know the timeline, but uh, uh, right after Long Beach, you know, a lot of things happened in 64, you know, Ru- <laughs> sure. Bruce Lee leaves Seattle, moves with uh, James, James Lee, opens up the school, you know, all in, all in July, in August, he goes to Long Beach, does the demo, then returns to Seattle, marries Linda, returns back,
1: uh-huh.
2: and then a few weeks later, he's doing this, uh, this dance thing with uh, Diana Chang for her movie. So uh, that took place in August. Then in September, uh, a few weeks later, uh, that was the end of August, a few, uh, the beginning of, of September, they went to uh, San Francisco, and Bruce did the exact demonstration that he did in LA. Now in LA, they, they received them, they, everybody loved it. You know? Right. But when he did it in San Francisco, which is the heart of Kung Fu at that time, you know, because everybody got off the boat in San Francisco, sure, right, and that's right. where everybody migrated to. Uh, uh, when Bruce did the demo there, they weren't too happy because he did the same exact demo. Uh, he did the, the demo in Wally J's Luau, then he did it in Long Beach, then he did it in LA, and then he did it in San Francisco. And the demo basically was that he would do a beautiful form, or a praying mantis form, that he learned, okay? He did a beautiful praying mantis form, jumped in the air, and did this gorgeous form, and, and then everybody, you know, when he finished, everybody would clap and say, what a beautiful form. And he said, did everybody like that? And everybody goes, yeah. And he goes, well, you know what, none of that works. You can't defend yourself doing that stuff in the, <laughs> the streets. So uh, in San Francisco, they didn't take too light on that, you know. And he says, let me show you some real, you know, Kung Fu. And then he would show, you know, his deflecting of the Wing Chun and so forth and punching and so forth. But uh, uh, he had Dan Inosanto uh, with him doing that demo because uh, uh, in Long Beach, he had Taki and James Lee. And then this was a few weeks later in L.A. and in San Francisco and they couldn't take the time off, so, right, right. so he just met Dan in Long Beach and he said, hey, you want to come with me to, you know, you live in LA, come with me. And so that's the first time they actually demoed together in 1964. Wow. So, so anyway, Dan, uh, was doing it with him in San Francisco and Bruce. Now you have to understand San Francisco is right across from Oakland, you know, uh, with the bridge there, the uh, Golden Gate Bridge. So, so Bruce took an opportunity there to uh, promote the Oakland School that they just opened a, a few weeks before.
1: Right.
2: So he took flyers with him, you know, promoting the school, giving the address of the school, and also promoting his book, the Chinese Kung Fu book, Philosophical Arts of Defense, you know, promoting that to see if you could sell it, you know, right. on the mail order. So, so they knew exactly where Bruce Lee lived, let's put it that way, you know, <laughs> after he gave that demo. So after he gave that demo, uh, Nobody in the audience said anything, but there were a few gung pe- Fu guys that w- weren't too happy, you know? Right, and, right, sure. And they took it as a, as, as a challenge, you know, Bruce Lee turning down uh, uh, your traditional gung Fu school, you know? Right, so they right, all got yeah. together, you know, uh, in their own little, they, they, basically there was a, in San Francisco, they had all these little social clubs, and those social clubs had, you know, basically gung Fu schools in there. And their and theirs was a, well, uh, you know, basically these guys w- went back to their social club and they said, you know, what are we gonna do about this guy? And you know, they had right, the flyer. Right. So, so what they did was they they wrote him a letter. They wrote him a letter at his to to his school and they told him, you know, we want to invite you to our social club so you can show us, you know, why our gung fu stinks, basically. Right, you know? right, yeah. Like you said in your, uh, and of course, you know, when Bruce Lee received the letter. He ignored it. He didn't, Right. You know, sure. he's not going to go to San Francisco because basically they're challenging him. Yeah, right, of course. He ignored it. So, uh, so basically uh, uh, he ignored him and they never got an answer from him. So, uh, so now they had this guy named Derek Chin who, who, uh, who was part of their group and, uh, and he went down there. He went to the school and saw Bruce and said, Bruce, you know, you upset a lot of people in San Francisco and so forth. and. He, he said, whatever, you know. So, yeah, shit, so, this, right? <laughs> so, so, this time they decided to send a second letter to Bruce. Hmm. And, and they went to uh, the restaurant where Wok Giant Man was a waiter right there in San Francisco. And they started writing the letter and so forth. And they asked Wok Giant Man, you know, to, to sign it. Because they felt Wok Giant Man was the best fighter.
1: Right, right, right. So,
2: so you know, they were very, the, the first letter was cordial, the second letter was an actual uh, challenge. A challenge, right? And they say, I walk jai man challenge you, you know, Bruce wow. Lee, and so forth, you know. Now you gotta remember when these guys fought, these Kung Fu guys fought, you know, they they basically did a lot of, you know, non forms, they moved around, and, sure, you know, sure. they didn't actually, you know, go in there and kill each other, you right, know, right, you right, know right, a right. lot of straight blasting and so forth. So, so, you know, walk that man's mind is, you know, this is how Bruce and I are gonna fight, you know? So, so, um, so anyway, uh, David Chin took the letter to, to Bruce and, uh, and basically Bruce, you know, he had a temper. Yeah,
1: right, sure, <laughs> So when bro. he got
2: that letter, he, he, he just flew off the handle when David, you know, David Chin walks into his school and hands him the letter.
1: Right, right, And he right. says,
2: I walk you, Man and challenge you. Actually, Bruce thought that David Chin was the one who was going to challenge him, you know? Right. I have letters that Bruce Lee talks about David Chin, you know, and saying if he tries anything, you know, I'll kill him or whatever, you know. Oh, wow, that's I have cool. letters that he wrote. So anyway, uh, uh, so, uh, so, so he accepted the challenge, but he said, I'm not going to go to your, your place. If you guys want to fight, you come to my school. So that's what happened. They, they went to his school. So, uh, so he accepted the challenge, and a and, so and, uh, walk-jong man went there. You know, so the fight
1: took place in, in, in one of these schools?
2: In the Oakland school,
1: Oh, you know, I never, I never knew that. I, yeah, man, I'm really, I'm, I'm so. Oh yeah, touch. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> they went to the Oakland school, and they, uh, <laughs> and you know, the, the fight was set. Right. So Bruce was ready for them when they get, when when they entered the school. You know, him and James Lee were waiting, and Linda was there too. Oh, okay. So, uh, so they were waiting for. uh so for what what we, It was, has all, to come it was in. really about
1: <clears throat> it was really about saving face, and and. Pride and, and and money, right? Because you know you don't want to lose business to their schools, you know. Well, you know as if, opposed to the whole story about the race and everything. You well, know. you
2: know, uh, you have to understand that uh, that you know it, it, there's a lot of pride involved. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I don't know about
2: the money part because uh, nobody was going to lose students in San Francisco because oh, okay. Bruce Lee wasn't that well known yet.
1: Right, right, right. Okay.
2: You know? uh, but uh, but it was just a, a kind of a pride thing that. How dare this young guy come and say that? You oh, know, I can imagine. What well, we're doing stinks, you know? Right, we'll sure. show him, you know, we'll send our top guy and show him, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, what young man was startled when Bruce Lee went for his eyes and kicked his groin right away, you know? Right,
1: right, right. Well, <laughs> you know, when it.
2: somebody's <laughs> trying to poke you in the eyes and kick your groin, you just don't stand there and try to parry or block that. You know, you you get the hell out of there, right, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Which right. is what he did. You know, uh, from then on, Bruce Lee used to call him the runner because. Right, yep. Uh, as the school you know the way the school was described to me was it, it had two doors, one to go you know uh, for, the, for the dressing room in the back and uh, and it was a step up door when you go in and then you step down when you went to the into the gym right. so uh, uh, what was what was told to me was a giant man ran to the back and then ran out went in one door and came out another door you know that kind <laughs> of thing. And Bruce Take Lee was just running after episode. him, you know, <laughs> and trying to straight blast him on his back of his head, you know.
1: Right, right, right. I mean,
2: what well, that man was no, you know, he he, he wasn't a, an easy guy to fight either. I mean, while he was running, he was he was scraping the back of his hands like this to try right, to scrape right, Bruce Lee's right. eyes too. And he caught Bruce on top of his eyebrow there, you know, with his fingers. But but uh, eventually, what happened is when he came out of the, one of those doors, he's, the step down, he tripped. And oh, Bruce okay. tripped right over him, too. So it wasn't like Bruce knocked him down or anything, you know. Yeah, one yeah, guy yeah. tripped and the other guy tripped over him, you know. So when yeah, Bruce pretty tripped. Pretty much like over...
0: every fight really looks like, for real.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so when one young man tripped and fell down and Bruce, you know, crashed into him and fell down, too, you know, Bruce just grabbed him and, you know, put a punch on his face, you know, on his face and said, Say you give up. And he said, All right, all right, I give up. And that was that, you know, that was, that was the whole logistics of a fight
0: yeah i think what's interesting is it seems that um around that time i don't know I, I and even like because i've been a bruce leaf i'm 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 not the I might be the youngest guy in this podcast but i've been a bruce leaf fan since way back in the 80s all right mm-hmm. and i used to read the old magazines that came from the 70s because i had like cousins who did kung fu in the 70s and they gave me their old magazines. so i read like even the old stuff in the 80s and i never remembered hearing a peep from Wong Jack Man's people, but it seems like the longer Bruce Lee's been dead, the kind of more brave they're getting with the retelling of what has happened. Because I've heard, I've heard accounts from Wong Jack Man students. Actually, he defeated Bruce Lee, uh, but they you know they they changed the story so Bruce would save face and all this kind of stuff. And it seems like the longer Bruce Lee's been dead, the like. The fight was never really controversial in terms of the outcome. It might be controversial in terms of why it happened, but the outcome, everybody kind of knew what happened. But now it's like, and this movie, I think, is making it seem like as if there was even a doubt. And, you know, I never doubted the fight that, that went Bruce's way, whether it was an ugly fight or a stupid fight or whatever. I always felt that Bruce probably came out on top because of his experience. But the one thing that sold me was when Linda tells the story and she says just what you said, like how Bruce got on top of him and said, do you give up? And the thing is that Linda, who only knows a little bit of Chinese that she learned from Bruce, she remembers what Bruce Lee actually said in Chinese to him, which I don't think she would know that if that didn't actually happen. She said, Mm. because in in Cantonese, Bruce Lee says, which is like, do you give up or not? Mm-hmm. And, and I remember the story with Linda Lee, she says, Lei fukum fukum, And she said in Cantonese, and I was like, wow. And I just feel that that just adds more fuel to the fact that I don't think that there's anything controversial about the outcome of the fight. Well, you
2: know, you have to understand that Bruce, to, when Bruce Lee was angry, you know, you, you don't want to be around him when he's sure. trying to do you in, you know. <laughs> so, you know, you can't blame Wong the Young Man for running away, you know, because, I mean, oh,
1: yeah, listen know, he could have got and, to
2: jail for killing him. I and mean, you think about
1: it. Right, and quite, and quite frankly, it's not just Wong jokman It seems to be everybody beat up Bruce Lee now that he's dead. You know, yep. um, I mean, and, and if I piss off anybody, this is me saying it, not Richard, and and, and not Alex. Okay, um, Vic Moore,
2: the, yes. the, the
1: gentleman with the um, from one of the demonstrations, who like now all of a sudden that video doesn't fucking exist, and he thinks he beat up Bruce Lee. Which yeah, is- so I think
0: for for people who don't know that there's a was an old demonstration Bruce Lee used to do where he basically stood out uh, uh, out of fighting distance, and he would just kind of lunge in and and basically t- tap the person to show how fast he can close the distance, right? And your job was basically to try to block his hand or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And Bruce did this demonstration quite regularly, and he did it at one. I I don't know if it was the Long Beach tournament or one of those tournaments. It was the Long
2: Beach, 1967. The second one, right? Seven. Yes. Yeah.
0: And so the the student that he did was some karate practitioner named uh, a young Vic Moore. And you can see the video. He does it on Vic Moore and he taps Vic Moore every single time. And at the end, Vic Moore bows in like kind of like, wow, thank you. like this, In total respect. And And it's very clear for anyone who's seen it. This guy is now on YouTube saying that Bruce Lee never did this. And then he even has some story that... He met him afterwards and beat him up or something like that. Ridiculous! Come
1: on. I met Mike Stone. Mike Stone likes to imply that he kicked the shit out of Bruce Lee. He's another lunatic. Um, I have a friend of mine, who I won't say the name because whatever, but who says that you know their their pastor or whatever was, was friends with Bruce Lee and kicked Bruce Lee in the head and. It's like everybody beat the shit out of Bruce Lee 40 years after he died, you know? It's yeah, just- yeah everyone's,
0: everyone's memory gets better the longer he's been dead, right? It's amazing.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's basically an insult to Bruce Lee, obviously. But-
0: yeah, absolutely. Well, I
2: think it's also a testament to the fact that
0: he's the guy. I mean, if you wanted to beat anybody, that was the guy to beat. And it clearly didn't happen for most anybody, but... They say it afterwards. I mean, he you know, it definitely says something that he's kind of the gold standard that even 40 years later, people are still talking about him. Like you said, you still consider yourself a student. It's amazing that you you consider he, he passed away in the early 70s, before the Internet, before the access of information that we have now. He was only 32 years old. And considering what he accomplished in that time period, that we can still now look at his notes and see things that... We didn't see before or that marsh like mma guys are starting to figure out now like the lead leg sidekick is like now becoming a thing in mma and that's like was like that was G-Kun and the course
2: screw punch too yeah, yeah absolutely well you have so. to understand bruce lee lived in america only for 12 years yeah 12 years in america right. and in those 12 years look at all he accomplished yeah. three martial arts schools uh conquered hollywood you know you could say you know an asian man going to hollywood uh, uh created his own art I mean, yeah. and all well, his absolutely. research and over 5,000 notes of writings, you know. Right. So um, uh, I mean,
0: so the audience knows a little bit more. You, you were a, a student of the late Ted Wong, yes. uh, who was, as far as I know, was kind of the a very close student of Bruce Lee and uh, was also uh, a fellow Cantonese speaker as well, which is interesting because um, I, I'm not sure if I, I would assume James Im Lee also spoke Cantonese, um, but I, I think that Bruce didn't actually have, when, at least when he was in the States, didn't have a lot of like Cantonese Chinese students and you happen to learn from, from the one. Mm-hmm. Um, what, um, what, what can you tell us a little bit about um, how Ted Wong started with Bruce Lee and how, how, um, how their relationship and training well, got started?
2: Uh, Ted Wong had a roommate and his roommate found out that Bruce Lee was going to open up a school, you know, uh, the Green Hornet was still on, but it's about to be canceled. You know, probably a month mm. later or so, because the school opened up in February of 1967, and think Green Hornet canceled in March. But, but uh, but Taekwong went to the school because he he was interested in uh, in what Bruce Lee you know had to teach and so forth. So he, he you know, uh Taekwong was a, a a boxing enthusiast. He he liked boxing, not, mm. kung fu. But uh, when he saw what Bruce Lee was doing, he's he, he related it to that, you know, to uh, oh. to boxing and all that. But actually, uh, the, the the way he tells me the the story is that uh, when he was there, uh, he didn't realize that you only went there by invitation only. He just showed <laughs> up, you know. <laughs> so uh, so Bruce Lee looked at him and says, "Who are you?" You know, <laughs> and Bruce and uh, Ted Wong answered him back in uh, in, in Cantonese. You know, who oh, he was. You know, right. he came from yeah. Hong Kong. And, uh, right, right. and Bruce Lee, you know, took a bonding to him, you know, so sure, sure, they got sure, close, you know, bet. because they came from the same place. So
1: yeah, of course, yeah, I of bet. course. That must have been. But it uh, nice for Bruce Lee to have someone that he can relate to and you know speak to in his native tongue. And
2: yeah, and then you know uh, he he allowed him to join the school, but when it came down to sparring, these guys were all kempo black belts, you know. Right. And Taekwon had no experience at all in martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> So he said, you know, when it was time for sparring. You know, he said they were all over him, you know, these guys, you know, because, you know, they were used to sparring, you know, Kenpo style. But, you know, like I said, Bruce Lee was trying to convert them into more like a kickboxer kind of thing. Right. So, uh, so Bruce Lee said, you know what? I'm going to take you to my house and you'll train with me. So he took him as a private student. And from then on, uh, take one, will go to Bruce Lee's house to train. And like he would say, you know, it was just training. We They hung out together. You know, right. they... You know, in those days, you uh, the the championship fights would be shown on television. Muhammad Ali fighting phrase and so forth. And and I have letters where Bruce is telling Linda, you know, oh, oh Ted, come to see the Muhammad Ali fight with me, you know, and he's bringing all Chinese right. food. So so they, you know, they were really they were really close. You know, they were they he was there even when he wasn't training. You know, and and actually he was there also when Bruce Lee was giving private lessons to people like Joe Lewis and Chuck Norris and so forth. So right, so they all knew. You know, all the guys that trained privately with Bruce knew Ted Wong, you know? Yeah, sure. I think uh, Joe Lewis made a statement that he never met Dan Ostanto until after Bruce passed away.
1: Oh,
0: wow.
2: He only knew of Ted Wong. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So that's
0: interesting, did, yeah. That's did, uh, did, did, um, did, did Ted Wong ever tell you what kind of things like Joe Lewis and those guys were actually training with Bruce Lee? Because that's also in latter years... Um, become a, also like another topic of of some controversy because at that time Chuck Norris said how great Bruce Lee was. He wrote that letter saying he was the best dude. What and then later it's like well you don't understand Bruce was not a competitive fighter. And actually I taught Bruce Lee had a kick. And then so you you start to you start to get kind of the the idea yeah,
2: that you, you, you have to know, laugh I mean, when Ted, they say Ted, when yeah they say Ted Bruce was Lee an wasn't impartial
0: a, observer. You yeah. know what yeah.
2: I mean? You have to laugh when they say Bruce Lee wasn't a fighter. And you go he created one of the best fighting systems, you know? So. Right,
0: exactly, exactly.
2: Or, you know, so. So, so
0: did, did Ted observe, like, what, did he ever talk to you about, like, what those guys were doing? Well,
2: uh, were he basically would, uh, would say sometimes when he, when he was there, you know, he would see, you know, like, uh, like, Joe Lewis, for example, would train on, on um, tournament techniques with Bruce, and they, mm-hmm. uh, Bruce would show him a lot, a lot of uh, boxing films, they watched a mm-hmm. lot of boxing films. And, again, that was something that Taewon liked himself. He used to like to watch boxing films, too. Mm-hmm. So they would, you know, Bruce would get the old projector and the the white screen, and they would turn on the the boxing film, and they watch that. And uh, uh, Chuck Norris, I know a, a lot of times with Chuck Norris, Bruce was working a lot of the uh, Wing Chun stuff, because uh, I see a lot of his, his daytimes that Bruce Lee writes, you know, teaching Chi Sao to Chuck and so forth. Right, right. And, oh, that's
1: cool. That's... that's, that, I, that's, that's I had yeah. no idea Chuck Norris learned cheese out Bruce
2: No, it's <laughs> <That's laughs> great. It's <laughs> in daytimes, yeah. And, That's and, awesome. And Mike Stone, you know, Mike Stone said that he, he, he used to like to talk a lot with Bruce you know about the martial arts and so forth, probably more of a student of uh, not physical learning but basically uh, verbally, you know.
0: Right. Yeah, you know
1: I got to meet Mike Stone, and take, I took a seminar with him and um, he uh the seminar was more about uh mindset as opposed to martial arts Mm -hmm. and um but at one point I kind of made a stupid joke he was talking to he was talking about Bruce Lee in the present tense and I said I said excuse me I said but you're talking about Bruce Lee as if he's in the other room and he said he is (laughs) I this is gospel truth I swear to God I said well then can you bring him the hell out here and you can go home I'm, just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like we don't need you if Bruce Lee's in the other room and of course by the end of the day he he was throwing all these impl- implications that he would handle Bruce Lee in, in in any kind of sparring match and he just lost the whole like because it was a jeet Kune do school that we were all in Oh. A, a, and here he is talking about how he used to just beat the hell out of Bruce Lee and sparring. Talk
0: about not knowing your audience, man. Yeah, Jeez. really. You know. <laughs> well, like, oh, cool.
2: you know, I met him. He's a really nice guy. You oh, know. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, he's a nice guy, but um, you know, sometimes you know when you hear people talking about Bruce, uh, you see the Bruce, that Fort Wok Jang Man, and right. you see these people talking about sparring.
1: Right. Right. Sure. And it's
2: like two different. <laughs>
1: Right, sure. Two
2: different situations, you know? When you piss off Bruce and he wants to kill you, you better run, you know? Right, 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 right. He's not going to be, you know, you're not going to get a, a hook punch in the cheek. Yeah, sure, you know? sure. I mean, he's, if he's going to, if he's trying to kill you, he's going to try to kill you. Whereas if you're sparring with him and, you know, you got gear on and you're both, you know, just exchanging punches and kicks right, with headgear right. on, it's a whole different type of fighting, you know?
1: I have a question for you, Richard. Um, what what led bruce lee to come to america from hong kong in the first place i mean there, of course there's all the stories but i have no idea what's true you know i mean i know there's the whole demons thing but uh before,
0: well the de- you mean the demons from dragon the bruce lee story he was yeah. the
1: demons.
2: <laughs> you, mean, you mean when bruce lee first came to america again yeah uh, america? Like,
1: well, you know as at the age of what was he 18 or something 18, came, yeah like why well, did he come what was it to it break into pictures was it well the, no
2: Bru- bruce lee was supposed to was was uh always uh, tailored to come to America to finish his education. His, his parents always did that. You know, they already had uh, the older sister, Agnes, here. And, oh. and they made plans for Bruce to return, and uh, also Peter Chin to go to America you know, for, you know, for, for the universities and so forth. So, but, uh, but Bruce uh, didn't graduate from, from, the, from what we call high school. He left three months before graduation, so so he got himself into a little scuffle there, you know. Right. Basically, uh, I think, and this is my own personal viewpoint, is that he just finished doing his movie called The Orphan,
1: mm-hmm.
2: where he played a James Dean delinquent kind of type of person. Sure. You know, one thing is when you when 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 you can play a bad guy in a movie, you know, you can let go, mm-hmm.
1: you know,
2: without without any uh. uh any problems as far as what the law is concerned, you know so right. so so he's he's playing this this role and really well, you know, and then uh I think uh probably didn't turn it off when 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 it came to being being at home, you know being in Hong Kong and so forth, and he got himself into a little trouble and and uh the father said, "You know what let's send you to America now, let's not wait for your your graduation right. which if you look at it you know uh, he came to America in April, I believe it was April of uh, nineteen fifty nine. So uh so uh so it you know, they brought he came here to basically to get educated. Mm. Now now uh when he came to San Francisco, uh he had a godfather that he was gonna live with. Uh right there in Jackson Street. Actually, a, a few store fronts down from where Wok Jam Meng later on will be a waiter. It's, it's <laughs> funny. It's the same area. Uh, but as soon as you know, as soon as Bruce got here, uh, his godfather got him a job as a as a waiter in a Chinese restaurant, you know?
1: Uh, Ruby Chow's right?
2: No, it wasn't Ruby Chow. Ruby Chow's uh, in Seattle. But oh, okay, this was one of our local restaurants right there in San Francisco. Yeah,
0: leave it up I, to I me don't to think screw Bruce up me... the history.
2: <laughs> yeah but <laughs> I, I mean, think Bruce I, I, like...
0: People forget that Bruce was in San Francisco for a bit before he went to Seattle. Most Correct. people think he was in Seattle first, but he was like in SF for a little bit, and then he went to Seattle, and then he came back. Right? right. Correct.
2: Correct. He, uh, you know, when he got off the boat, it was in San Francisco.
0: Right.
2: And in San Francisco, you know, remember I told you later on he's going to come back do that demo in '64. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. This was 1959, and uh, and he got that job, but he didn't even last a week. But you have to understand <laughs> that Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee was making money teaching cha cha, you know. He did it in the on the boat when on the way from Hong Kong to America. He was teaching cha cha, and he was they paid him for that, you know. So, so when when he got to San Francisco, he started teaching cha cha at the YMCA there in San Francisco. And then he got uh, another gig in uh, right across in Oakland, across the bay there, in uh, a Chinese uh, recreational center or something, to teach cha cha. So that's why. He was doing. Actually, one of the guys that he taught Cha Cha to in Oakland was a guy named Bob Lee, who, uh, who saw Bruce. You know, when they took a break, Bruce Lee started doing a form, a gung fu form, and he saw it. He goes, Hey, my brother does gung fu too. And he said, Oh, what's your brother's name? He goes, James Lee. You know, James Lee's brother, Bob Oh, Lee.
1: wow. That,
2: that's cool. And Bruce Lee was teaching him Cha Cha. So, that's, so uh, that's really cool. So in 1959, Bob goes and tells James Lee, Hey, this is this kid from um, Hong Kong. You know, he's pretty good. So he hears the name Bruce Lee, you know. <laughs> but uh but but james lee wouldn't hear about bruce until wally jay sees bruce in mm. seattle <clears throat> so so bruce left bruce lee's left uh so you know in bruce's mind he was he could make money teaching cha-cha and probably that was something that he thought about you know uh teaching in america too to make money never kung fu Kung fu was just his hobby but never did he ever right, sure, think sure. in his right mind that he would make money teaching kung fu it, it, it was he knew he could make money teaching dance you know
1: that's amazing. And then,
2: yeah, and then a few months later, uh, he went to Seattle because now he had to go to a, to a school so he could do retroactive uh, learning so he can enter the university. Yeah, because he hadn't
0: finished uh, high school. He went to like Edison. I lived in Seattle for seven years. Yeah. So, went so to that's Edison why I kind of know that Edison Tech is now, I think, a community college there. it mm-hmm. It's not called Edison Tech, but yeah, he basically had to go and like finish his high school credits before he could go. To the university of washington which is kind mm-hmm. of interesting and i think that's where he met uh jesse glover right didn't he actually meet him at
2: edison tech well uh he did well, what happened was that uh bruce lee did a demo uh, you see when, when he got picked up in uh san francisco it was uh he, he got picked up by uh Kyung, young which, which was just a friend of uh of bruce lee's father and uh Kyung young was also an uh, opera star mm. so he had to learn a lot of different kung fu arts
0: Right.
2: So uh, when, Bru- when Bruce came to Seattle, he joined the club. He joined their club. Mm-hmm. And actually, it was Fuk that taught him that, that Northern Praying Mantis form that Bruce Lee would do as a demo that everybody would clap that I tell you about. Oh, yeah. He yeah. learned it from them, yeah. And actually, uh, so in uh, September of 59, uh, that club was going to do a demonstration because in Seattle, they had something called a Seafair. Mm-hmm. Yes, the they, they, they have still it?
0: have it. They still have it, yeah. They still have it,
2: right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, the club was going to do a demonstration and, uh, and actually uh, one of the, thing, one of the demos was Bruce Lee dancing the cha-cha again <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, in Seattle. Yeah. And then, and then they did the demo and then Bruce Lee did, uh, the, the praying mantis, uh, demo, uh, form. So, so, uh, so Jesse Glover and Ed Hart were in the audience and they saw that. And then, uh, in, by January, uh, Jesse found out that Bruce was in his school and he, to get Bruce's attention and eventually asked him to teach him and that's yeah. when Bruce figured yeah I can teach Gung Fu Sure sure right. Right. Interesting. and what happens when you teach you get better because you relearn good. what you you relearn what you what you were taught. Right to right. right. yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. you know i um I'm friends online on Facebook you're probably friends with him too Steve Smith who was a student of Fukyoung oh yeah okay and he I don't know if he's ever come out and said like that Bruce Lee I, I think the belief is that Bruce Lee may have learned more of the Wing Chun system under Fu Young that Fu Young knew the, the Wing Chun system and that what Bruce Lee didn't know in Hong Kong was I don't want to say fixed or completed under Fu Young that that's always been a rumor and uh, I, I, you know what i
0: heard that too uh, a long time ago but i also heard that 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 was just an unsubstantiated rumor because Fok young was an opera guy um also you have to imagine there really weren't a lot of people who knew wing chun at that time it w- wasn't common that somebody would know wing chun uh even from hong kong at that time because yip man himself had in 1959 1960 yip man had only been teaching for <laughs> less than 10 years in hong kong no. so the 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 Probability that they were like, if if we're talking about Yip Man Wing Chun, of course. If, if he had learned some other, I
1: believe it was an, I, I believe it was a different lineage of Wing Chun. It was not yeah, I, Chun. I I think he just I, it was
2: called Red up, Boat right? Red Boat Wing Chun. Right. Yeah. It's, right. It's, Red it's, Boat it's, Wing Chun and, and whatever whatever Fook knew as far as Red Boat Wing Chun, he taught it to Bruce. Interesting. So, uh, but uh, you know, I always hear that Bruce didn't learn the complete art and so forth, which might be true or not. But I mean, he trained in Wing Chun for five years. In Hong Kong, you know? and, oh, yeah, uh, no. He
1: definitely had a good. He, had, he And then had a he good had salary. private,
2: private instructors. He, you know, he had a, uh, you know, the guys that were teaching him were all, you know. Well, usually,
0: I mean, I can tell you as a Wing Chun guy, most of the time when when Wing Chun guys say, "Well, you know, Bruce didn't learn the whole Wing Chun system," it usually just comes out of jealousy. It usually just comes out of they need to have something that they feel that they can hold over on him, you know. Right. And my my counter to that, and I'm a Wing Chun guy, is always well. He seemed to have done a lot better than you with part of the Wing Chun system than you've done with the entire <laughs> Wing Chun system. So, you know, I, the idea is also you, you can have somebody learn all sorts of things, but it doesn't mean if the level of practice isn't there, if the level of understanding isn't there, sure. it doesn't really matter. And I think a lot of people tend to make a bigger deal about that uh, uh, than they do. And Bruce also came from the early period of Yip Man Wing Chun when they were going out and testing it against the other schools. So even if he just knew, let's say, the basics. Well, he was actually using those things against resisting opponents, whereas later, when yip Man was established, most of those guys were not really going out and testing themselves anymore. So Bruce also came from that kind of—he was kind of forged in the fire of testing it against other people. So he also came from the best time period as far as that goes.
2: Well, you and, know, Jesse yeah. talks about that Bruce Lee had four instructors in Wing You know, Wong Chun Long, William Chung, uh yip Man's instruct uh, assistant, and it Man himself. Mm-hmm. So I mean, what better what better as teachers can you have? You know, as yeah, far as learning an art for five years, right, and, right. Uh, you know, so uh, and then like you said, testing it, pressure yeah. testing it, right. because you know, Bruce Lee was a fighter too. So yeah, definitely. so uh, you know, he he probably did take it to a a higher degree.
0: Right. But did uh, you? Have, oh, by the way, I noticed you and your uh, student. Um, Vincent, who's also a really good friend of mine, uh, you guys went to Hong Kong. Uh, I take it you went to the Bruce Lee exhibit that's over there at the uh, Hong Kong Heritage Museum, right? What did you oh, think yeah. about that?
2: Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, right. Really, really nice. They did a good job. You wonder why they don't just keep it there, as because yeah. uh, I think I think the museum double is it, it's it's uh oh it's for sure with, with, with that exhibition there, you know, so for
0: sure. I I why I, not I, just I leave I it, it permanently? Yeah, I, I go there. I, I Every time I go to Hong Kong, which is usually more than once a year, I just go there um, because they every time I go there, they'll like add some stuff and take some stuff away. Um, mm-hmm. But then they'll put new stuff. What's interesting is, uh, and, and you can definitely vouch for it, you're not allowed to take photos in there. That's why people don't really know what's in there. But they have like Bruce Lee's books all behind a glass shelf. They have like all sorts of things that were in his home, his training equipment, and then they mm-hmm. have artifacts from the films. But what's interesting um, is did you have a chance to see that documentary that they show there That they have like the, a one yes. hour documentary Sorry, in, my yes. opi- in my opinion that's one of the best documentaries because it's the only one that they talk to all of his Hong Kong friends a lot of people who knew him and I feel that the stories are a lot more intimate about bruce mm-hmm. lee than in previous documentaries but unfortunately you can only see that documentary if you go to the exhibit and i think the exhibit's maybe only up for about another two years or maybe a year and a half so i really urge people because when the exhibition is over the these things have been collected from maybe over 10 or 15 collectors, they put all their stuff together. That stuff is all gonna go back to the various collectors and it's never gonna be in one place again like this. So, if you guys have a chance to go to Hong Kong, like, pronto, very go historical. and see this, yeah. 100%, it's amazing.
2: It is amazing, it's very historical, the stuff that they have there, you know. They what was, so- did,
0: did they have the Han Claw when
2: you were there? <laughs> uh The claw, no, they don't have the the, claw. The
0: first time I went, it wasn't there. I geek out about all sorts of Bruce Lee stuff, but the last time I went there, they got Sekin's uh, claw from Enter the Dragon. And I just looked at it, and it was just like, my god it's the claw like i I couldn't stop (laughs) staring at it it was like it's the claw and you see the little metal handle underneath where he held it this is like it's it was just amazing i don't know for some reason i i I was with one of my students i'm like my god it's the claw and my student took a secret photograph of it because even you weren't allowed to take photos but he like kind of held it took a photo of it so i I have a photo of of han's club in a glass case which is pretty sweet
2: that's really cool uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, did you
0: also when you were in Hong Kong? Did you? Um, I know you also met with my good friend Bay Logan. Did you do any kind of Bruce Lee related stuff while you were in Hong Kong? Did you find out anything about Bruce Lee that maybe you didn't know before? Or do anything or did you, like what kind of Bruce Lee stuff did you do? I think you. I, I was very jealous. I think you went out with the guy who hosted that TV show who had interviewed Bruce Lee once. Yeah. And yeah. And uh, so what? Um, what was that his name totally he was a robert chua right was robert chua, name? yes. was yeah. his um, nice wh- yes what was that like yeah what was that like
2: well he he told us a lot of inside stories about bruce you know when it because he was the guy who was the producer of the hong kong tv yeah and when bruce lee would go there and uh he gave he gave us a story about how bruce lee uh, uh agreed to uh be inside a cake when they were celebrating the anniversary of the of the show
0: Oh right, right, right.
2: Uh, and, and and they said we have a surprise coming out in the cake and, and suddenly boom out comes Bruce. He said it took a lot for Bruce to do that because he said usually it's a girl that comes out of a cake, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and Bruce agreed it's to crazy. do it, so so he thought it was really, really cool for Bruce to do that for him, you know. Yeah, that's, and, that's uh, all right. but yeah, when we went to Hong Kong we visited uh Bruce Lee's home. We
0: it, it was basically the, the, the a one whole at forty one Cumberland Road, uh, Correct. Yeah. We yeah, went yeah.
2: there. You know, uh and uh you know, we spoke it's, to a few people that knew Bruce it, it was right. It was really nice. Hong Kong was really uh, surprising to me because I, I expected it to be like old Hong Kong movies. You know, like you see the old Hong Kong movie with the gangs and everything. We were yeah, ready. Yeah. I was ready, you know, <laughs> just in case of anything. And, and it's a metropolis. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so it's nice. So, it's so much more modern than New York in many ways. It's modern. Yeah. Yes.
0: It's, uh, you know, Hong Kong's Lee, pretty Ocean amazing. Terminal
2: where Bruce Lee took a lot of pictures in Ocean Terminal. Yeah, you know, up there, the yeah. yeah sidekicks yeah, yeah. and all
0: yeah. They have the harbour view mall all of that's new but the building is still back there in the background yeah. you can still go onto the parking lot where he took yeah. those photos with the so mercedes I took pictures were, of
2: that with the, with the building behind me so awesome. in, in the footsteps of bruce lee as we call it you know so yeah sure
0: sure sure um yeah i've, I've done a lot of those things like got, gone to the various places unfortunately the house that bruce lee grew up in is now just a mall on nathan, mall. Road. Yeah. nathan so, road yeah yeah nothing nothing really interesting to see there it's kind of Very a terrible modern. terribly uh, a typical mall from the '80s in Hong Kong, but uh, yeah, it's like I would love to have seen uh, the original building there, like two, two something, two hundred something Nathan Road or whatever
2: that was. Yeah, i kept it out, a memorial, right y'all. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Make a museum out of it. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. I hope
0: I hope they do that with the other with the other house. So the, the problem is that they they can't settle on who 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 gets the rights and who gets the money for that. They would like to turn it into some kind of a Bruce Lee museum, but uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully they do something. I, I would would yeah, be real like shame. You know.
2: They have a daycare center right next to it. I mean, it's yeah, just, it's yeah, so funny. that's a,
0: kind of a funny area, and they have a lot of driving schools. If you ever walk there, you see mm-hmm. all like the, the student driver cars around there. So mm-hmm. if you ever go to Bruce Lee's old home and you look there, you see these like teenagers in these learning how to drive cars, just kind of staring like, why are these non-Chinese people here in the middle exactly. of Canton? <laughs>
2: right? They start looking at you like, why are you there? You know, <laughs> and taking pictures in front of the house and everything. Yeah, it's kind of very, very random to Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. Well, don't you understand that Bruce Lee used to live here? (laughs) (laughs) They don't get it. They don't get it. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I actually was talking to um, your student Vincent uh, last week. I was telling him how I thought it was so cool. I saw his pictures on Facebook, where like all these famous pictures of Bruce Lee. Um, I think it was the trip he went with you where he went and like took pictures in like the same exact spot.
2: Yeah, that's Fulton Terminal.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was cool that was yeah. that was all
0: right. I like yeah. that
2: yeah, we took right. an ocean terminal where where Bruce Lee was doing some kicks and so on and then we tried to do the same in the same angle and so forth yeah yeah,
0: that and was, then that the was ocean right. itself,
2: you know where the boat was there but Bruce Lee was there also so it, yeah, it right. Hong
0: Kong has also changed so much like the skyline is so completely different that in many instances it's almost impossible to recreate those photos because there's so many new buildings and so much mm-hmm. new construction. um Bruce did an amazing photo shoot with um uh, a number of people like Lam Ching Ying and uh, Wu Nan and all these people. Where he was out basically out in 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 the fields, and he had like he was wearing like those bell-bottom pants, and he had a shirt off, and he had the nunchucks, and then the like guys them? were new, in the new
2: territories. They call that.
0: yeah, we in the karate uniforms. And the thing is, that's in. Um, in a place called Sai and that is probably the only place that's still exactly the same. And I know a guy who used like a Google Maps to find the terrain, and he like he pinpointed the exact spot. And then it actually looks as you can go there and still still take many of those photos, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. That's kind of up there in the countryside, which is a, a somewhat undisturbed part of Hong Kong. <laughs>
2: yeah. well, that's yeah.
0: awesome. That's awesome. So, um, um, Richard, before we get out of here, let people know if they want to learn Jeet Kune Do from you. How do they get in contact with you and where do you teach and all that good stuff?
2: Well, I teach in New York, uh, in uh, upstate New York, a town called Fishkill, New York. Uh, so, if someone's you know, in the New York area and they want to train, they can just call me. Uh, my, awesome. phone no- my phone number is 845 897 2049.
1: Do you website? have a website?
2: Our website is www.jkdmartialarts.com Pretty simple. Excellent,
1: excellent. <laughs> Richard, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
2: Okay, you, you're well, welcome. you welcome. I, I hope it. you enjoyed, I enjoyed it. it,
1: I, it was a lot of- and by yeah, the way, and- folks, I'm going to be seeing Richard next week. Um, he's hosting uh, my Sifu, Steve Golden, at uh, at Richard's school up in Fishkill. and um, I'm really excited. I'm going to see a whole whole bunch of friends I haven't seen in a while. and I'll see Richard and
2: Gonna be a lot we're of fun.
1: We're gonna have a we're gonna have a good time. It's uh, it's, it's you know Richard has has a ton of experience in Jeet Kune Kundo and if you're anywhere in that area, I, I don't think there's a person alive who's hosted more Jeet Kune Do seminars than Richard. So he's, he's <laughs> the, he, <laughs> Well, What's the truth? I mean, you, you you put together that first nucleus type seminar before the I nucleus did the first said, one,
2: right? And then the nucleus. Uh, Linda Linda wanted to do the same thing. She called me and said, "Can we do that same thing for?" And, yeah, and she called so, him, and so they they basically did the same thing that I did.
1: Yeah, so people mm-hmm. should absolutely look you up and, mm-hmm. and 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 go visit you, and maybe while they're there, you they can show them a Bruce Lee note or something. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs>
2: I have a lot of them. <laughs> it's a lot of fun collecting on Bruce Lee. Believe me, and and then putting all his it's like a putting a puzzle together, you know, putting sure, his whole life story yeah. together.
1: Well, you definitely but, uh, have a passion for it, and that's it that's helps awesome. you
2: understand, you know, uh, Bruce Lee and. And also, you know, when somebody says something that's wrong, you already you can catch it very quickly, you know. Right. When sure. When you understand sure. the history. You so know, that's it's
1: funny because there's so much more about this that I want to discuss with you. Well, of course, we're running out of time. Uh, maybe we'll have you on the show again because there's there's things with certificates and and why he closed down the Chinatown schools and all these things. I'd love to discuss with you. But um, we we well, have well, to that, cap that's it. definitely reason
0: to do another podcast. Right. Let's go for it. it.
1: We'll yeah. definitely have you on again, and uh, if you had a good time, we hope you did. And
2: I enjoyed it, yeah.
1: All right, very good. All right, all right Richard, we appreciate this. And, okay. Uh, Alex, I'll see your ugly face again soon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Richard, hey, it was a lot of take fun. We'll see, you, we'll see you soon. Take care. Come
2: and join yeah. us with Steve plays out, Alex. You can come oh, down. Okay,
0: well, I'll try my best. I'll try my best. Thanks.
2: Okay, take
0: all care. All right, everybody. be good, man. If you're enjoying the Dudes of Kung Fu podcast, there are many ways in which you can support it. Go to dudesofkungfu.com support to find out how you can help your favorite Kung Fu podcast. As a supporter of the Dudes, you'll get early access to episodes as well as a number of other benefits based on your donation level. This includes in-depth topic lectures and Ask Me Anything episodes with either Big Sean or me, Alex Richter. As always, you can support us in small ways as well. Give us a like at the Dudes of Kung Fu Facebook page and share links to episodes. It's also a great boost if you could rate and review the podcast on either the iTunes or the Android app stores. If you have any suggestions for topics or guests, please write us to the Dudes of Kung Fu Facebook page. Please understand that neither Sean nor I can guarantee a response, but we will consider any serious suggestions. And finally, I ask that you help spread an open dialogue with other practitioners of martial arts. Chinese Kung Fu in particular has long since suffered from caustic political discourse, which can only change with you. Remember, the person you wholeheartedly disagree with doesn't love martial arts any less than you do. Take care.